I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome back to News Du Jour. If you're new here, I wanted to start off with the disclaimer that while we promise to be a calmer space to consume the news, that's not to say that bad stuff doesn't happen. And when it does, we're going to be here to tell you about it and acknowledge its seriousness. However, we believe there's a lot more than doom and gloom going on in the world. And we will report on a range of different topics from entertainment to business to politics to art and fashion and much more. Whatever the top stories of the day are, that is what we're excited to tell you about. We're glad you're here. Hey, you guys, and happy Thursday. Um, Today, we have a bunch of different news to go over, um, including the impeachment trial. But I wanted to start off with a story about a shooting in Minnesota. So at a health clinic in Minnesota... A 67-year-old man actually opened fired into the clinic and killed one person and wounded four others. He may also have gone as far as to leave a bomb at the hotel he was staying at and maybe implanted one in the clinic as well. Apparently, this was all due to him being unhappy with the treatment he received at the clinic, as well as potentially a little bit mentally unstable. But it seems the man who committed this murder also had a long, turbulent history with law enforcement. He was arrested for drunk driving, as well as weed possession, as well as having multiple restraining orders against him that when he violated, he was actually found incompetent to stand trial, which speaks to his, his, uh, you know, mental stability, um, It also seems like he specifically had issues with medical treatments, um, kind of never feeling that they were sufficient for him. And he actually had one restraining order against him uh, from a specific doctor who worked at this clinic um, that he shot up. But it is still unclear as to whether that doctor was one of his victims on Tuesday This man had also even threatened a pastor at a church to the point where the pastor got a no trespassing order against him, meaning he couldn't be on the church grounds again. However, his neighbors all described him as a nice guy who they trusted. So, you know, it's tough. Um, The police is still sort of investigating and deciding whether they feel like it was an act of domestic terrorism, um, if if there's like some sort of political implication to it. Um, But more likely, it just seemed like someone who was unstable. But with everything going on with the coronavirus right now and how that's been pulled into politics, 
you never know. And so that's why I wanted to open with this story, make sure you guys were aware of it um, as the FBI and local law enforcement dig into this investigation a little bit more. It's possible we'll hear more about this event. And if we do, we will be sure to get you guys the details. So for our next story, there is more legal action already since we talked about it yesterday against former President Trump. The state of Georgia is opening an investigation. Okay, so this is a big deal, you guys. As we talked about just yesterday, President Trump faces a whole slew of legal action beyond just the impeachment trial. He's actually under investigation in New York and now he is in under investigation in Georgia as well. We went through some of the major cases that he's up against yesterday, but we ended up saying that more legal action was likely coming soon. Little did we know it would come the next day. <laughs> did not see that coming, but here it is. Um, the state of Georgia has now opened a criminal investigation of former President Trump, specifically involving a phone call with their secretary of state, where then President Trump told the Georgia secretary of state that he just needed to, quote, find the votes. <laughs> Yikes. Former prosecutors estimate that the Trump call, or at least the parts that are available to the public, likely violate at least three state laws in the state of Georgia. Criminal solicitation to commit election fraud, conspiracy to do so, and the intentional interference with another official's performance of election duties. The first two can be tried either as a felony or a misdemeanor, depending on the situation, and the last is only a misdemeanor. I cannot emphasize enough how serious these charges are, especially against a former president. And it just goes to show trying to influence the results of a free and fair election will not go without consequences. I want to emphasize really quick, though, that he's not charged with these things as of yet, but the investigation has been opened up and we'll keep you guys posted on what it brings to the surface. So speaking of consequences for actions, let's talk about how the impeachment trial is going. So, okay, I can't stress enough to you guys how important it is to watch this trial as it unfolds. I myself was actually not super pumped to watch it just because we've had a lot of serious news lately and I knew this would dredge up a lot of feelings having to do with the riots. Um... But once I started to, it hit me how important it is that this is happening and how important it is that we pay attention. There have to be safeguards for our democracy and our rule of law. And what we are witnessing right now is actually one of those safeguards. The video footage that they are starting off with is actually incredibly painful to watch, especially for anyone who feels a lot or deeply loves this country. We literally watched um, during the trial yesterday 
as a young police officer was screaming in pain as he became trapped between two heavy closing doors as well as um you know crowds pushing on both sides but he was literally being crushed by these doors um and he was just screaming in pain and it was just something that like you know that guy didn't die he's not one of the five people who died and it was just so horrific what happened to him and you know, it made you wonder how many other like extreme instances like this occurred that day that we haven't even heard about because it wasn't one of the five deaths. Um, you know, 140 police officers were taken to the hospital, which it's hard to even wrap your head around 140 different people potentially being in screaming pain the way that this guy was. You know, it started to come into perspective a little bit just watching all of these instances. Um, and he was one of the lucky ones who lived, like I mentioned. Um, we also heard from another police officer who suffered a heart attack as a result of the injuries he was injured from being beaten, as well as just the chaos in general. And he also barely survived that day himself. I think two of my major takeaways watching the trial unfold have just been that this incident was a lot more violent than we really understood as the public and that the crowd really came a lot closer to the congressional leadership and the physical electoral votes than we had previously understood. And it just hit me today, like, you know, what if they had gotten their hands on those electoral votes? Like, that could have called everything into question, like not in a practical sense. Um, it still would have had the same end result, I think, but they would have had to redo all of that. And it just would have been a nightmare um, to get the election just fully, you know, on the books. And obviously that was their goal with this. So, you know, it was very close to them accomplishing that goal. It was just a matter of a hallway between them and you could watch as the congressmen and women were barely able to escape. What's more is actually watching the trial um, helps you to understand exactly which of Trump's words and actions really led up to this incident. Like they kind of connect the dots for you. And even though this will not likely end in a conviction, um, as Republicans will likely just stick to their guns figuratively, no matter what is said, um, it's still important for us all to understand exactly what happened um, because this was a huge moment for our country. As I've said in recent episodes, this trial will last a, probably about a week. Um, today was day two, so there's plenty of time to jump in over the next few days. Just as a quick reminder, when I go to watch it, um, there's a couple different ways. So firstly, I can just I know I can Google live stream impeachment trial and a bunch of different news outlets will will pop up. I'll usually toggle over to video and look for one that's streaming right now. Um, and again, it'll be the same no matter which network you watch, as long as there's no commentary happening. Um, and then the other way that I watch it is I actually have notifications turned on on Facebook um, from their page called The Hill. Um, it's a publication and I just turn on their live alerts. And that way, if anything important is happening on Capitol Hill, I get a Facebook notification about it as well. And so that helps me to stay on top of everything and you can just click to watch it live.
For our next story, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about, this is kind of a mini story, um, piggybacking, but Republicans are now leaving the party en masse following the Capitol riots last month. So local election officials' phones have been blowing up over the past month as tens of thousands of Republicans have called in or logged on to switch their party affiliation. In California, 33,000 registered Republicans left the party during the three weeks following the D.C. riots. In Pennsylvania, it was 12,000. In Arizona, it was 10,000. And in the month of January alone, 140,000 Republicans left the party in only the 25 states that provide the public with this type of data. So like, It's possibly double that because if you think 25 states, that's half of our country's states, 140,000 in just a month. So this is pretty crazy and I think unprecedented. Um, I think as a nation, we're really processing what happened last month and there may be more fallout for these events over the months or years to come. And real quick, before we go for the day, I wanted to give you guys a couple more coronavirus updates. So there's three little things I wanted to talk to you guys about to do with the coronavirus. Um, Number one, the CDC has made a statement about mask wearing. And basically what they said was, obviously wearing your mask is like number one. But if you wear it appropriately or double it up, like you know, wearing it appropriately, meaning covering your mouth and nose and making sure it is pretty sealed up and wearing two even can increase the effectiveness of this by 96%. So that's pretty crazy. Um, Obviously, it just goes to show um, it's really water droplets and that's saliva. That's when you sneeze. That's, you know, snot, like all that gross stuff. That's what traps the coronavirus and really spreads it around. And so if you can keep that stuff contained, um, you're just so much less likely to spread it to someone else. And so if everyone does that, it really helps. But it also helps prevent someone else's saliva or sneeze or snot or whatever coming into your body. So it really helps both directions, um, although it probably protects other people, you know, more than it would protect you necessarily. But um, I just wanted to let you guys know that they've come out with a statement about that. So definitely reference them on all of their their studies. And then Wuhan also um, was just visited by the World Health Organization after year or after months of not being allowed to visit. And the World Health Organization announced that they found that China was actually really honest about what happened in the start of the virus and how they managed it, which is kind of surprising, but um, that's what they have concluded. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that Eli Lilly um, had a treatment approved by the FDA. This is a pharmaceutical company, and this treatment for the coronavirus is designed for those who have gotten the virus, 
but it's not quite serious yet, but has the potential to become serious. So let's say you're someone with a chronic illness or you're older um, or you're one of those at-risk categories and it seems like it could get serious for you, they can give you this treatment to help prevent it from getting more serious. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that numbers in terms of cases and deaths are both staying really low, which is great news. Um, our case rise has been staying under 100K, which is great. So we're about 90,000 over the past few days. And then our death numbers have been st- staying under 3K, which is wonderful. Um, everything's going down and it's staying down. So we're doing great. Let's keep going. <laughs> we got this only a little while longer, hopefully, until we are all vaccinated and can move about as we want to. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you with the quote, you are not the opinion of someone who doesn't know you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement, and that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh, oh. oh.